Welcome back to 106.7 The Fan. That was a huge touch, touchdown catch from my favorite wide receiver of all time. And that's the man who's joining me on the hotline right now, former Washington football team, great wide receiver, Santana Moss. What's going on, Tana Man? I'm up. I'm up. What's good, buddy? How you doing? <laughs> I'm good, man. I appreciate you taking time to join the show here on this Saturday morning. And I uh, want to get you started with something easy here. How much do you hate Philly compared to Dallas? I mean, you're known as the Cowboy Killer, and you've had some great touchdown grabs, but you also had some great touchdowns against the Eagles as well. How, how does that hate uh, compare to Dallas? Well, it, you know, they all up there on the top of the list. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to think about it. You know, these guys are in our division. They know us well. We know them well. And, and anytime you see, see an opponent twice a year, you got to have some kind of, you know, hate, you know, behind that because you can't go out there and just play them just because it's like a regular game. You got to have, you, you got to get up a little extra for those guys. Absolutely. And you did that, it seems like, every single time. Uh, I felt like, man, you, you showed up for divisional games. You showed up for primetime games. It was so huge for you throughout your career. And so I'm kind of wondering, like, how did you get yourself pumped up for division games? Because you actually never had a season where it's pretty crazy like this year where we're playing five straight divisional opponents to end a season with playoffs in sight. You know, if you were on this team, like how pumped would you get for a chance where, man, we only have to beat our division guys to make the playoffs? That's easy. Yeah, each week is a playoff game right now for these guys. So, I mean, it shouldn't be hard to get up. Um, as crazy as that might sound with all the stuff that's going on with COVID, man, I, you know, I was kind of scared not knowing what was going to, you know, uh, you know, be up this game coming this Sunday, so I'm glad they pushed it back a little bit. But it never took nothing for me to get up. I mean, I, every time I got a chance to grace the field, it was a blessing, and I wanted to go out there and make due to that gift that was given. But when it comes to these guys in your division that know you well, it's, it's nothing better than beating these guys. It was always a tough task for us, uh, but this year, and, and, and even from last year, our team seemed to be you know, uh, in the right spot when it comes to playing our division opponents. You're listening to 1067 The Fan, AWOD Weekend Radio. I'm Adam Epstein. My guest on the hotline, Santana Moss, a guy that I actually snuck out of my room after my parents tucked me in for bed and watched him have an unbelievable uh, back to back touchdown grabs against the Cowboys, the Cowboy Killer, the Monday Night Miracle. And Santana, I honestly feel like, and I'm not just saying this because you're my favorite player, I feel like you could strap on a helmet right now play a slot, and have five grabs for 50 yards. Because in the NFL, really, these guys that can read soft spots and zones become unguardable. So my question is, how would you kind of teach Washington's wide receivers in a big playoff matchup against Philly where they need to win to kind of, hey, we don't have a great quarterback here, but just read the zone and stop where you're open and try to, and try to make yourself a presence for the quarterback? You know what, man? These guys have been playing phenomenal. You know, I spoke about the wide receiver uh, core this year, earlier this year, and often because, you know, we sit and give so much credit to uh, Terry, which he deserves it. But when you see these other guys go out here and perform, every time they give him an opportunity, these guys coming up with big grabs. Last week is Cam Sims. I've been talking about Cam Sims all year, saying that he needs to get that you know, that second wide receiver burn, getting more, you know, more volume thrown his way. But then think about it, you got guys like Humphreys. You got all these guys that have, have, have risen to the occasion. So I don't really need to teach them much. You know, whoever's teaching them is doing a great job. And I'm looking forward to seeing these guys show up big down the stretch. So, Santana, one of the things that I've loved about Ron Rivera is that post-game celebration thing where they threw the rock into the whiteboard. I mean, when I saw that video... 
I, I honestly, I wanted to run through the glass at the radio station here and get pumped up. Like I, I felt like strapping on a helmet. It was the greatest, coolest video ever. What do you, what are some of Ron's greatest strengths as a head coach, in your opinion? He's a great motivator. You know, he's a great motivator. Everybody asks me all the time, like, you know, who is your favorite coach or, or what makes a great coach? And I think any coach that can motivate you to go out there and do something that you should already be motivated to do, that's the guy you want to play for. That's the guy that normally gets everything out of you. Um, I had a few of those guys in my career, and, and that's what Ron does. And that's why I believe in what Ron, you know, he's instilling with these guys. You know, um, it, it's, it's never going to be easy. But Ron has these guys right where he wants them. And he's letting them know if you believe in what we're doing as a team, all you got to do is go out there and execute because we're putting everything out here on the table for you to, you know, be ready and be prepared. And uh, another, something else that I'm watching with this team is, is he's developing these guys very well. You know, that's something that for the 10 years I played here, we didn't develop talent well. We had guys like myself, Portis, Cooley. You know, if you had something, you're going to go out here and do it. But we never brought the right guys in here that we can groom and have them right and play on that level. And, and, and Ron and his staff is doing a great job with that. So he's a great motivator. He's a guy you, – you're, 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 you're absolutely right. I would love to play for a guy like that. I would run through a big brick wall for him, and I'm not surprised why these guys go out and play the way they do for him. That's a great point, man. I, I think guys like Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, you know, have gotten better uh, in their time here with Ron Rivera, especially guys on the defensive side as well. Santana, you know, we have a great mutual friend in Travis Thomas, and I was working with him a couple of years ago doing video highlights for you guys' show, the Santana Moss Show, and so I kind of want to know this. I, I think you've done so well in this media. Is this what you expected? How has life after football been for you? And, you know, do you, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Could you see yourself doing a radio show every single day? Do you want to keep talking about this Washington football team for the next 10 years? You know, that's a great question. Um, never expected anything after football, but just to, you know, you know, live life the way I know how to live it, you know what I mean, um, with no expectations and just enjoying it. But um, at the same time, when it comes to talking about the Washington football team, yes, I would love to do this. You know, something, you know, about just talking football, it just gives me that feeling like I'm playing all over again. And when I had an opportunity to do this years ago, you know, when I first retired, you know, it, it was it was not even a thought in my mind. I'm like, you know what? Yes, even though I'm not prepared already, uh, yes, I want to. You know, I want to take on that task. And every year, I got a chance to get a little better. You know, what I mean, just watching these guys and just being able to, you know, critique myself on what I'm talking about. So um, I'm I'm loving it, man. You know, and Travis is one of those guys that, you know, I told him he's my first round draft pick. You know, he was a guy <laughs> that I watched. He was behind the camera, and I told him immediately. I say, bro, you you have what it takes to be in front of the camera. And it's, it's, it's great just listening to him every morning on the radio and the times that we've had together. Uh, we're looking forward to doing some more things. So um, I would love to continue to do what I'm doing. Um, I'm having fun with it. I'm, I'm talking something that I love to do. And I'm talking about the team that means the most to me. So um, you hit it dead on the head, man. You know, this, is, this, this has been a dream. This has been something that I probably never would have dreamt of. But I'm 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 living in it right now, and I'm having fun doing it. Yeah, absolutely. You're listening to AWOD Weekend Radio with Adam Epstein, my guest on the hotline right now, Santana Moss. Santana, I'll be honest with you. 
after a Washington win, I'm I'm turning on NBC Sports Washington. I'm watching you, Jordan, JP for hours. Like I'll watch the replay of it. But after a loss, I bury my head in a pillow or I'm stuffing my face with pizza and fries, and I don't watch it for one second. But, so absolutely, after a win, I watch you guys every time. And so I'm hoping Washington can get a win Tuesday night against Philly. Uh, so I want to get your take on this. This is very important. It feels like last week the conversation was. Taylor Heineke can be our franchise quarterback, you know? And then after that bad performance against Dallas mixed with the injury and COVID, I think you could actually argue that if Kyle Allen comes in and leads this team to a victory, then he should stay the starter for the remainder of the season. What do you think about that, staying with the hot hand? Uh, You know, I'm one of those guys. I'm a player. And, you know, I know how this world works, man. You know, when you're doing your thing, everybody's riding with you. As soon as you're not, man, everybody want to get off you. And that's something that we've been on and off when it comes to, you know, when it comes to Taylor all year. We understand that he's not probably going to be a starter in this league, but he's a damn good backup, and he's a guy that got us to this point. Uh, I'm one of those guys that if, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And And I think he had a bad game. I think – the Cowboys came out and did some things to us offensively up front that confused things that made it tough for any quarterback, you know, uh, you know, playing the game, you know, probably would have been in the same situation as Taylor. So, um, you know, all he can do is, you know, make up for that the next week. And I'm looking forward to seeing him and how he approaches this game and how he finishes this game. Uh, I'm not big on jumping off a guy just because they had a bad outing. And I think he deserves to finish the season out as being our guy until we find that guy. Yeah, that's a good point there. I, I would argue that, hey, if, if Kyle Allen goes out and somehow we win 30 nothing, you know, you got to keep him at the starter, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, all right, so let's let's get into this. Let's go do a little Coach Moss right here, all right? How would you game plan? In the midst of all this turmoil with COVID protocols, how would you kind of game plan to beat Philly with probably a backup quarterback, maybe even like a practice squad quarterback, a ton of guys missing on defense? I feel like... You have to try to run the ball 40 times this game for 100-something yards. Yeah, man, that's tough, man. It's tough pickings. I think right now, man, if you think about it, um, defensively, we we would really be, you know, dry. I mean, if we had to play this weekend <laughs> and not have an ID line, it's almost impossible to yeah. really go out there and, and put up a good scheme. But offensively, man, you know, we would have to go out there and just do what we can do, and I think – if we still have most of the guys intact, man, we would try to find a way to balance this attack and try to keep the ball from those guys having to, you know, be able to have a chance to, you know, run up and down the field up on us. Um, one of the things that stands out to me is that when you have 20-something guys on the COVID list and it's 48 of these guys dressing, it's almost impossible to even think you have a team. So, <laughs> like I said before, I'm pretty – happy that the NFL came to their senses and say, look, you know, you know, not just for us, but for any other team that's dealing with this, it's almost impossible for us to go out there and have a competitive chance. So I'm glad we don't have to get, you know, game plan for these guys this Sunday and we have a few more days to get ready. Santana, last question for you here. And I, I just love to go throw back because it was my childhood watching you play. Who was your favorite quarterback to play with? Was it Mark Brunel? Well, if you think about, you know, my career and, you know, to me, I think that that 2005 season kind of stamped it. You know, Mark Brunel, he was a guy I grew up watching in Florida. You know, mm -hmm. me being from Miami, him quarterbacking, you know, playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Um, who would who would have imagined me and Mark Brunell years down the road when I finally get into this league to play, you know, play on this level that he would be a quarterback of mine and and have a magical season that we did in '05. But uh, when everyone asks me, you know, who was my favorites throughout my career, you know, there's two guys stand out, and, and that's Benny Testaverde, who I played with in New York, <laughs> and Mark Brunell up here. So yes, both of those guys are my two favorite quarterbacks to play with. Santana, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate the time, man. Having you on the show is a dream come true, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you, buddy. Enjoy yourself, man, and, and keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate you. Yep, thanks, Santana. That's Santana Moss, number 89, the Cowboy Killer. You can hear him uh, after every game on NBC Sports Washington. As I said, after a win, it's the best TV in the world. After a loss, though, eh, I'd rather eat my face off and, you know, drink some beer. I'm Adam Epstein here on 106.7 The Fan. I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. The final 45 minutes of the show. Welcome back to 106.7 The Fan. Really cool having Santana Moss on the show. I'm getting a lot of tweets and even some texts from people that they really enjoyed that. My dad chimes in and thought he was a good interview. Says I got him talking. My dad usually hates all my interviews. He always says, oh, you could have done, your vocabulary needs work, Adam. That's his favorite thing to say. <laughs> uh, but welcome back to the show. This is AWOD Weekend Radio. I'm Adam Epstein. And the question is how to game plan for a Tuesday night matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, this, this week has been so crazy. Feels like every single day more people on COVID. I mean, honestly, when we think back to, we lost to Dallas on Sunday. And we knew Taylor Heineke was injured. Terry McLaurin was injured. And then Monday, COVID protocols. Tuesday, COVID protocols. Wednesday, even more people. It was like six, seven, eight people every single day. The list went up and up and up. And you have to hope, if you're a Washington fan, that moving the game from Tuesday, we'll get at least five or ten guys from back from the list. I mean, you have to hope a couple guys. It could be huge if it was a couple, you know, big, important positions like quarterback. If we could get Kyle Allen or Taylor Heineke in there, I think either one of those gives us an actual shot to compete and a chance to win against the Eagles. But my question for you, 1-800-636-1067, if you're listening right now is your chance to chime in and talk about this Philly matchup. How do you game plan for a Tuesday night matchup against Philly with all that's going on? Well, let's, let's hear how Ron Rivera explained to the media this week how with everything that's been going on this week, how he's trying to game plan very divisional matchup with playoff implications on the line. What has this week been like for you and the personnel folks just kind of scrambling to kind of fill in for, uh, you know, as these players land on the list? Well, for the most part, you know, every time something came up, um, you know, Eric Stokes and his crew of guys would come up with something for us to look at and talk about. And um, so it was, and it was constant. It really was, um, it it, it it did pull me away from the football aspect of it and looking at the personnel uh, an awful lot. Um, and then, you know, there, there is some, um, you know, some, some thought that, that as you go through it as to, you know, well, what else, what's next. Um, but for the most part, you know, I, I thought again, with the help of our personnel department, it, it, you know, for as smooth as it could go, I thought it went pretty well. Ron, I was going to ask you to uh, kind of what Nikki was asking Considering you, you've had the two the two hats for a while now, but was has this been the most taxing week on you from both sides? Considering how much of the personnel has been up in the air, 
Um, yeah, I, I would say it, uh, fairly yes. Um, but but again, with the you know with with what Eric Stokes and the personnel guys were ready for, you know, with with Martin and Marty, I, I thought we were able to really you know do some good things, some some um, find some guys that, that could come in and 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 be more than serviceable. Um, so we're you know we're pretty excited about our guys. So that's the big thing right there. Is I, I think we need to see that on Tuesday, but. He's basically saying, you know, we worked real hard to grab guys off the street to fill in. And so that's that's one of the things I'm I'm interested in seeing. The guys that we got that, you know, haven't maybe played in the NFL in a couple of weeks, a couple of months, or maybe even longer. How are they able to come out and, and learn the scheme and and compete? I mean, I think the biggest thing is gonna be just tackling. Like some of these guys haven't tackled in a real NFL game in a while. How are they gonna come out there? And bring down a guy like Jalen Hurts, is, who is, you know, able to escape the pocket, able to es- escape tackles pretty easily. Um, I mean, he's not a guy to sleep on. I, I think if he has his best game, he's going to have 250 yards passing, uh, 70 yards rushing, and he's going to destroy us. But hopefully, our defense is able to do something about it. And then on the offensive side of the ball, it really comes down to running the game, just running it all game long. Hopefully we get McKissick in there, but man, I, this would I would love for Antonio Gibson to just put the team on his back and just say, "Look, I know the fumbling issues have been crazy all season." This is me talking as Antonio Gibson here. I got your back, guys. The fumbling issue is done. No more. I'm gonna hold on to the ball tight, high and and to my chest. Now I'm not gonna fumble because. My, one of my callers pointed it out earlier that one game a few weeks ago during the win streak, he fumbled in the first half. It might have been the Bucks game. And then came back in the second half after being benched for the rest of the first and was fantastic. And so maybe he can say, hey, I, I'm able to improve on this. You know, it's not like he's not reading the holes. Every time he fumbles, it's after an 8 or 10 yard gain. It's like he makes a, a good play and he's fighting for extra yards. And you got to give a lot of credit to the defense. I, I, it's not like he's got butterfingers and he's just dropping the football. Like we saw uh, Thursday night football, the quarterback turned around, handed it off to the running back, and he just drops it on the ground. And Jeremy Gibson's not doing that. The defense is coming in and they're punching the hell out of the ball like I just punched that microphone. And it's hard to hang on to it when a guy is running at you at their full speed and they throw a right jab, and it hits the ball or hits your hand perfectly, and you lose control of it. So I would not give up on Antonio Gibson. I would let him lose us the game. If he goes out there and he fumbles it, I'm not. I'm actually going to give it back to him because I think he's the only chance uh, at giving us a, um, a shot at victory is him rushing for 75 to 100 yards. Then, of course, we need some kind of a passing game, and we need the defense to hold Philly. Got to hold Philly. Um, from scoring more than 20 points. It's got to be a low-scoring affair. we got to do what the Patriots did, which is run, run, run the ball, play good defense, play the field position game, make field goals. When is when is uh, Joey Sly going to come back from that hamstring injury? Are we trusting the young guy, Brian Johnson, also out of Virginia Tech? I mean, he hit a, a, a big field goal. I think, I think field goal kicking is going to be huge again this week. And you know what's interesting? Because a lot of people have said, man, we really shouldn't have gotten rid of Dustin Hopkins. He was here for so long. Did you guys see that Chargers game? How many times did they go for it on fourth down and say, you know what, D-Hop, we don't need you this time? 
kind of funny. Kind of funny. Just thought I'd point it out. All right, joining me next is Troy Halliburton, who covers the Washington Wizards. We'll get back into that Wizards losing streak, four-game losing streak, and decide if uh, if they can beat the Jazz and what it'll take tonight, 9 p.m., Utah Jazz at home with the Washington Wizards traveling to Utah. Can they stop Donovan Mitchell? Is Rudy Gobert going to have 20 points and 20 rebounds? We'll get to that next on The Fan. Welcome back to AWOD Weekend Radio. And I saw I heard Grant and Danny say this on their show on Friday. You can hear them 2-6 to six on 106.7 The Fan. Uh, they said that on Tuesday night, the Washington Capitals will play in Philadelphia. And the Washington football team will play in Philadelphia. And if you've ever been to the, you know Lincoln Financial, the link as they call it, uh, all three of their stadiums, are in the same little area. It's the one good thing about Philly. Everything else sucks. But, man, it is fun to go out there tailgate. They got this, like, uh, NBC Sports bar there. It's kind of like, it's basically the Philly version of the ESPN zone, if you remember that growing up here in D.C. And uh, so it's actually a good time to go to Philly. I wouldn't go this Tuesday because I don't know what to expect from the Washington football team. But the Washington Wizards are in action tonight, 9 p.m., as they continue their road trip in Salt Lake City against the Utah Jazz and joining me on the hotline to talk whiz. It's my guy, Troy Halliburton. What's going on, Troy? Hey, Wad, my brother. How you doing today on this uh, gloomy Saturday morning? I'm I'm feeling pretty good, man. I uh, haven't had much breakfast yet, so I'm looking forward to, uh, I think I'm going to grab a bagel uh, after the show. Bethesda Bagels right down the street. They're a, they're a fan of the show, I'll tell you that. But uh, So I'm feeling pretty good this morning. How are you feeling about the whiz, though? I'm feeling pretty down right now about the Wiz. Yeah. After that hot 10-3 start where they looked like they would be coming out and, and, and competing for one of those top playoff seeds, the Wizards have already fallen to 15-15, and 15, looking like a 500 team. And, and I'll tell you this, my, my bet on them uh, winning over 34-and-a-half games <laughs> is not looking very good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at first it looked like hot, looked obvious, and now it's in trouble. For me, the turning point was – the loss to the Sacramento Kings the other night. I saw a great stat on the mat on the game on NBC. They were talking about it. Man, entering the fourth quarter, the Wizards are winning. They're eleven and zero on the season, win leading entering a fourth quarter, and they gave up a ton of points and ended up losing that game. And it didn't even end up being close at the end there. And so they blew a fourth quarter lead, and that was the first point where I was like, "All right, we're struggling at this point of the season to get wins. Uh, it could get ugly pretty quickly here." Yeah, I mean, they gave up a 42-16 to run against the Sacramento Kings of all teams. Like, it, it, it's not even like they, they were playing world beaters. It's the Sacramento Kings, and they give up that type of run to lose the game. Uh, I was really disappointed with the effort from the team, uh, especially from Bradley Gill, who is coming into this season, and he's looking at this really big max contract extension and he hasn't really performed up to even nowhere near close max contract standards. And so I, I've been really disappointed with Bradley Bill's effort to, to not only uh, come out and score points like he's been doing over the last couple of years, but to elevate the play of his teammates. I'm going to be honest with you. I feel the same way. I've seen multiple videos on social media of him not hustling back on defense, you know, and then 
I could go on and on about his play in the fourth quarter of the game or in the final two minutes of the game, doing too much, dribbling off his foot, out of bounds, turning the ball over, not guarding his man. What What is the reason with this? Is he checked out? Because Bradley Beal like, is so talented. He's the best player we've had on the Wizards, I would say, in the last 10 years since Gilbert Arenas. His, his shot is so pure. He's got a great-looking jump shot. It hasn't fallen recently. Like, what is the reason for this? Uh, you know, everyone was making a big deal about how he's trying to be first-team all-defense this year, but I didn't expect his offensive game to slip this much. Yeah, well, to me, I think that Bradley Bill has gotten to a point where he seems to be kind of coasting and just just waiting until he uh, puts the ink to that pen on that uh, on that contract. And so what I, I made a comment the other day that, you know, he's out there on the court, but instead of him, like, having an impact on the game, he's just out there just kind of getting cardio, just running up and down the floor. And I really don't understand it to me. I think that, uh, you know, he, he looks uh, a little bit out of shape. He's not really, like, uh, uh, as enthused as he has been in years past. And, and to me, it, it just honestly – and I would be very concerned if I were uh, Tommy Shepard and Kelly Yosef about having to give Bradley Bill a five-year, $235 million contract extension this summer. Oh, yeah. It's a difficult decision, and Wizards fans are sitting back like, we know the only way we can compete is with Bradley Beal. We have to pay him that money. But he does. He has to score 28 points a game. Like, if Washington's going to actually – let's talk about tonight, 9 p.m. against the Utah Jazz – Donovan Mitchell's going to put up 30. I I almost guarantee it. If you're a gambling man, bet the over on his points. Can Bradley Beal match him? Can they go toe-to-toe and he put up 30, 32 points? That's what it would take for the Wizards to stop this win streak, and I just don't have confidence in it. And then you look around the other guys. I also say this. The Wizards are missing that complimentary piece. We're missing somebody else to put up 20 points. Can Caldwell Pope have a good game? We've trusted Kuzma. He's been good for this part of the season, but he had four points against the Suns, two of six. That was a big reason that we lost. And Daniel Gafford's kind of disappeared. I mean, how do we have a chance tonight against the Jazz? You tell me the formula. Well, the formula would be for Bradley Bill to get back to his uh, scoring ways, and he would need to have uh, at least 30 points, but not 40 points, though, because the Wizards seem to have a terrible record when he scores uh, more than 40 points. But at the end of the day, the, 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 the player who was brought in to be that complimentary piece for the Wizards, Richard Dinwiddie, has totally fallen off a cliff. Like, he started out the year, he was kind of high, averaging uh, close to 15 points a game, but over the last 12 games, he's only averaging eight points a game. And the, he, to me, he looks like a player that needs to, like, shut it down for a few weeks and, and, and allow his uh, – his uh, surgically repaired knee, mind you, that he's coming off an ACL injury that he had last January. So it hasn't even been a full calendar year since he had that ACL injury. And he looks like a player who is totally recovering from that ACL injury. And so, you know, they're, they're, they're calling it uh, maintenance where they're keeping him out of back-to-back. But I think they need to do a, a – a, a, they need to go ahead and put, put, put the car in the shop Needs some engine work, needs some body work, and allow him to, to, to you know, kind of get his body back right so that he can come back and actually contribute for the for the second half of the season. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I know there were reports last week that the Wizards wanted him to sit out the first 15 games of the season. He said no, and I guess 
the conversation turned into, well, you'll sit out the second night of back-to-backs. I mean, to me, he, he looks like just a guy. You know, I mean, I get it. He had his he had his time in Brooklyn where he shined and and looked like, hey, he has potential to be an All Star. But now we're just we're not seeing aggressiveness from him. We're not seeing the the field goal percentaging percentages, and it just seems like on offense he's looking to pass and, and not looking to score. And, and the Wizards need a scorer, but they also need a guy that's going to get to the basket and then kick it back out. And it's just. He's just looking to get the ball out of his hands too often or shoot a step-back three-pointer, and I get it. It's just it's so successful for a lot of guys in the league. Luka Doncic made a living of it, but I, I hate it as a fan when I see my point guard shoot a bailout step-back three with plenty of time left on the shot clock. Yeah, For for Dinwiddie, I think that when, when we saw him at the beginning of the season when he was having success, it's because he was getting downhill and attacking the basket, yeah. showing some, uh, you know, those crappy moves that, that, that Brooklyn fans, you know, became uh, so accustomed to when he was playing with them. And so, really, I think that the fact that he isn't driving to the basket, he isn't getting downhill, he isn't getting to his spot, he isn't beating his man off the dribble, that really shows me that his body isn't right. And so I think that the Wizards, it would behoove them to go ahead and just sit him down for a couple of weeks and allow him to get some treatment, uh, you know, maybe fly him over to Germany, get, get that little treatment that, 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 uh, that, that Kobe used to get. He needs to do something mm-hmm. to, to get his body back right so that he can get back to the court because this is a player who doesn't have any confidence right now. And so when you're looking at the way he plays, like he, he refuses to shoot when he's on the court. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been it has been pretty, man. And and I was so pumped with that hot start to the season. Troy Halliburton covers the Washington Wizards. You can follow him on Twitter at Troy Halliburton, H A L I B U R. Um, and so let's talk about this. All right, this Washington Wizards team here, it, it's been a struggle recently. But I want to talk about one bright spot, at least in my mind, and get your honest opinion about this. I feel like the brightest spot on this team is that I'm actually seeing improvement and I see um, a projectile of this player being a 15.8 rebound, four assist guy, and that's, I'm talking about Denny Avdia. I feel like he's hit three-pointers in the last few games. I knew, I knew deep down in my heart he had a good three-point shot. He's just young and he wasn't, he didn't have the confidence. We're seeing him go to the basket and finish. He's one of the only guys that seems like every game he's actually getting to the free-throw line. He's playing well defensively. He had 14 points against the Phoenix Suns uh, that led the bench scoring. Uh, what do you think about Denny Avdia recently? Yeah, I love Denny Avdia, and you're right. He probably is one of the uh, only bright spots on this Wizards team for this season. I actually wrote an article in the Washington City paper about two weeks ago talking about uh, Denny Avdia and his defensive improvement. And so when you look at uh, uh, the, the scouts, who uh, before he came into the NBA draft last season, they were talking about Denny being a you know a big playmaking uh, forward who who had some shooting capabilities, but more so an offensive player. And so for him to make these grand strides and improvements on the defensive end, that that is really something that the the Wizards can hang their hat on as far as their development process. And this is a guy who's. Uh, uh, trajectory for 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 a a trajectory for a Wizards prospect is looking like he could be a really good basketball player for them, and you know he's not going to be a 
an NBA superstar, but every quality team needs those quality role players. And so, you know, he's not going to be Steph Curry, but he certainly could be the Wizards' Andre Iguodala or Draymond Green type. Yeah. He has a, a, a top 20 uh, individual defensive rating uh, in the NBA this season. He, he has uh, had great defensive matchups where he's shut down Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, uh, the, 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 the two-time former MVP, the reigning NBA Finals MVP. And, and with his size, he, he's able to do a lot more on the basketball court. And I think that, you know, the, 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 the possibilities for what he could become as a player has grown so much with what he's shown on the court for this season. Yeah, he's shown a great basketball IQ. And, Troy, I think you hit it perfectly. I would say he could be Washington's version of Draymond Green, and I would love for them to give him more responsibility on the offensive end. The other night we saw the best of uh, Nikola Jokic when we played against the Nuggets. He was dominant. He was running their offense to perfection, throwing passes left and right over his shoulder, behind his back. Now, Denny's not that good, but I think Denny... It feels like he has a mismatch every time up the court where he can take his guy to the basket. He has enough ball handling skills to get past that guy. And once you get past the first guy with a good basketball IQ, you can find the open man, and it could bring some life to this Wizards offense. I'd love for them to say, hey, Denny, we're going to run some plays here where you run the pick and roll. You know, you run dribble handoffs, and we get the ball more involved in your hand in offense. Yeah, I would love to see Denny be more involved as a secondary ball handler especially with the struggles of Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, and times when Beal is not in the game, I would love to see Denny, you know, uh, uh, have activate the offense and, and have those opportunities to not only score for himself, but get others involved. The only one thing that I will say, he's got to be uh, much better at finishing around the basket. Yep. I think that he misses a layup almost every game. <laughs> and I think one solution for that is to stop trying to lay the ball up. Denny needs to go out there and start trying to dunk on people. Yeah, I think the ankle injury last year is what's holding him back from that, but I agree with you. Troy, thanks so much for the time, man. I appreciate you uh, hopping on. Thanks so much for being quick, man. I I, I know i got to give you more time notice next time, but I appreciate you. Adam, man, it's no problem at all. I'm glad that I saw the message, and I'm glad that I could come on and, and, and just wrap some hoops with you, my brother. Thanks so much, man. That's Troy Halliburton. You can follow him on Twitter at Troy Halliburton. Covers the Wizards for Washington City Paper. When I come back, I got to tell you guys how much I'm obsessed with the Disney Plus show Hawkeye and how my weekend won't be complete if I don't go see Spider-Man Far From Home. Adam Epstein, AWOD Weekend Radio. Final segment. The final segment. After this break. Welcome back. AWOD Weekend Radio here on 106.7 The Fan. A big shout-out to Troy Halliburton and Santana Moss, my two guests on the show today. If you missed any of the show, you can rewind with the Odyssey app, the greatest app on my phone. It really is. I, I go back and I rewind. The Junkies on there. Listen to Grant and Danny, B. Mitch and Finley. Also listen to Bet MGM Tonight, the show I work on, Monday through Friday, 10 to 11. On the Odyssey app, you can check out podcasts on there, but the rewind feature is my favorite thing, so you can rewind all the way to 7.30 a.m. to catch the full show, or check out the podcast. My guy Donald, behind the glass, posting those on the overtime feed here on 106.7 The Fan. If you're a fan of the show, please follow me on Twitter, at AWOD Radio. I'm trying my hardest. I'm going out of my way, giving it as many plugs as I can to get to 10,000 Twitter followers before 
the end of the season. Uh, before the end of the season, before the end of this calendar year. Just about 13 more days uh, left, but please follow me on Twitter, at AWOD Radio, if you want to uh, keep in touch with the show. I just got a tweet from Daniel, who uh, doesn't agree with the take that if Kyle Allen balls out, you should continue to give him the ball uh, over Taylor Heineke. He says, unless it's 62-3, to I'm not changing my mind uh, on keeping with Kyle Allen. Uh, Pradeep tweets me, Hawkeye is next on my binge list, but you got to check out Be Foreigners. Ooh, Be Foreigners. Donald, have you heard about that at all? I know we go back and forth on movies and TV shows all the time. No, I haven't. I'll have to add that one to my list. I have not. Yeah, it looks like it's on HBO Max. It's a sci-fi show with two seasons already in the books. That's that's a big thing for me. If I see it's only got one season, I can't really hop in. But if it's been renewed for a second and then there's a third one on the way, I'll hop in. So I appreciate uh the tweet for that. Uh, big news for the AWOD Army. All right, if you've been listening to the show, you know I take advantage of any any opportunity to get on the air, whether it's Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, Thanksgiving, any day, Labor Day, I will jump on the air. And I want to let you guys all know that I am filling in from 12 to 3 p.m. on Monday on 910 The Fan AM in Richmond, Virginia. Yes, in Richmond, Virginia, you can hear me, where I went to VCU on Monday, 12 to 3 Follow me on Twitter at AWOD Radio for updates and how to listen on the Odyssey app. I'm going to go see Spider-Man No Way Home tonight. I'm telling you guys, it's the most anticipated release since the Avengers Endgame movie. I got to see it, and I won't spoil it for you. I promise that. AWOD Weekend Radio. Thanks for listening.